Welcome FPL Surgery listeners and watchers. My name's Rich and this is episode 221 of the FPL Surgery podcast and YouTube. And as always, I'm here with Dave. How are you, Dave? Good weekend? It was a great weekend. Now, obviously, uh, I'm not allowed to call you Rich today. So you're going to be referred to as Richard from now on. So yes, Richard, it was a very lovely weekend. I had a great weekend. Good to have the football back. It sounds so patronising when you when you call me Richard. Like it sounds like I'm being like told off. It's supposed to, yeah, yeah. Continue. <laughs> God, um, do you want to get on with the get on with the the yeah. headlines? Do yes. you want to explain what headlines we've got today on this glorious game week two preview? Yeah, of course, Richard. No worries. So are the headlines for today: potential Gundogan replacements, which premiums do we want or need, and finally, Rich's metric team. But who is Rich? You might ask. Well, Richard, what kind of guest well, have we got today? This is very, this is very confusing. Um, so <laughs> this week's guest, as you may have already guessed, his name is Rich, Rich FPL. He is known for writing for The Hub. He's had a 2K finish as well, and obviously has an incredible first name. So welcome, Rich. How's it going? Yeah, very well, thank you. Thanks for having me on, boys. It's an absolute pleasure. Um, one of the first pods I started listening to when I got into FPL and FPL Twitter, back when uh, Iceman and Stefan were in charge and got around to being on and on with you boys so yeah not, yeah. not bad at all not bad at all Our yeah pleasure. We're, we're glad to have you on glad to have you on i mean i'm <laughs> i couldn't make you be richard though um even though i wanted to yeah i I feel i feel under pressure from the from the get-go so i'm glad that I'm glad that you've you've drawn the short straw on that one <laughs> thank you everyone but, um, we've who got... is i was I'm sorry you were gonna start plugging stuff i was i was just gonna say you thanks were, for but watching. i've got I've got a question from Heisenberg. Oh, um, yeah, okay, go for it. Yeah, he's basically said to ask Rich if he's got the grass stains out of his trousers. <laughs> no, I haven't. Uh, yeah, me and me and Heisenberg, Wes, I've got to know him the last sort of year or so since I've been with Hub, and he's a he's a cracking lad, and we're both massive fans of The Office. So um, when you when you sent the question to me out yesterday and I saw that, I knew that I was in for, in for some stick. But yeah, all good. So this wasn't something that happened at like a Hub meal or anything like that? Uh, no, I brought a spare pair of trousers for that, and Wes left pretty sharpish for the one in July. So um, I'll I'll leave that to you guys. I love the idea it's of really... someone bringing extra trousers to, <laughs> like just the just the, oh no these these are just my extra trousers. Everyone just being like well, we can't say anything, but we <laughs> we really want to well ask why. Um, thank you everyone who's joined us on the live stream. Uh, it's awesome to have you here. If you haven't already, it'd be awesome if you subscribe. We're aiming for uh, a million, so. We're nearly there. We just need a couple more. So that'd be great if you could subscribe if you haven't already. All right, Rich. Yeah, headline I wonder if we one? can hit that goal by game week two. We'll that'd see. By the game week two deadline. That'd be class. Yeah. So we just wanted to start. I mean, obviously, it was an amazing game week. So we just wanted to start with some stats um, from Fantasy Football Hub. Of course, if you want to sign up to Fantasy Football Hub, the link is in the description, whether you're watching on YouTube or listening to the podcast as well. We've just basically brought up some stats. I've seen Alan's in the chat as well. Um, so obviously we haven't got Alan this year because it's just more difficult to do, um, you know, doing doing videos as well. But thanks for your work last year, Alan. And we've got basically this table. Antonio's top with a 1.51 XG. However, I mean, part of that could be penalties as well because that obviously includes the 0.76, which is funnily enough, that's what Danny Ings got with just one shot on target. And Bruno, for his hat-trick, got a 1.06 XG from his three... He had four shots, three on target, three goals. That's nuts, isn't it? Absolutely nuts. What a, what a guy. 
So Bruno, I feel, do you remember we were making the video? Um, so the intro for the surgery and we deliberately chose Bruno scoring a penalty and now yeah. he decides to score three goals from open play just to <laughs> make us look like idiots. Yeah. Well, I, I don't look like an idiot because it wasn't me who plugged that penalty in that intro, I'm sure. <laughs> I wanted to do the, you remember the Cavani thing where he didn't touch it? That's what I wanted, definitely. Um, but yeah, the, the, the headline one that we're going to go for after these is uh, potential Gundogan replacements. And I wonder why this is a headline. Do you own, uh, Rich, not Richard, do you own Gundogan? <clears throat> no, he's not for me. No. I um, At that price point, I went Greenwood. And um, yeah, Great I'm pick. glad Great after pick. seeing him on um, the floor writhing around. <laughs> and I didn't pick him. And Iceman certainly didn't pick him. Richard, do you have a Gundogan? <laughs> I have gone to add, but that's <laughs> oh, not that's why. why I... headline. Okay, no fair play. All right. I mean, there's All not right. much because it's been such an amazing <laughs> game week for a, for a lot of people. It's uh-huh. it, there's not actually that much to discuss. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously we're going to get into our teams first of all, and then we then we move on to the headlines. So we're going to obviously we're going to start with you, Rich. How was your game week, and you know what were the decisions that you had going into that game week? So um, yeah, so as you mentioned a bit earlier, I write for Fantasy Football Hub with a. Um, uh, a team that I use a, a metric for, sort of just find the fantasy or FPL points as a metric. Um, so that's a separate team um, that my wife runs because we're only allowed one team each. Um, and that one was, a lot of that was just debating, looking at the fixtures, looking at the FPL ticker that I that I build for each position. Um, and the only, basically, Saar was a, a one that I wasn't too sure about, but he had great fixtures, part of a front three and a good price. So I went with him. Um, similar with uh, Jared Bowen, um, and they're the only two different uh, players that I've got from my actual team. But that team scored 108 points, um, and I think we're I think you know ranks kind of relevant right now. But it's about 79k, so great start. Mm-hmm. Um, my normal team is 102 points, which um, is at 253k, which is where I ended the last season annoyingly. So I've not moved since uh, the end of May. But um, yeah, with that one, uh, it's a lot of fixtures. Um, I like to look at fixtures to start with, um, like a block of six um, and the attack and the defence fixture tickers on hub. That gives me a rough idea of who has good fixtures. Um, so I've got Sanchez and Veltman. Um, obviously didn't come up Trumps this week, but they've still got great fixtures and, and good underlying stats. Mm. Um, Trent Trent didn't go to the Euro, so he's fully rested and he's just such a good asset. And like 7.5, I still think he's going to, make a mockery of that uh, I went with Simicast in the end because um, I know there's a lot of debate about Simicast or Jota but I went with him just because a four million pound start in Liverpool left back um, it seemed like a gift so I just had to take it and he looked really good against Norwich so I'm pleased with that um, Shaw um, he's underpriced and he's got good attacking numbers um, Greenwood like I mentioned a second ago um, with Rashford out I just kind of figured he would be a bit more nailed at least until Rashford is back yeah. Um, Salah and Bruno, just, yeah, no, don't need to say anything about them. Um, Tony, he did, he blanked, but he's got a great record in the championship and he's a very confident player. And then, yeah, Ings and Antonio, um, just good finishers and good fixtures. It's a monster score. And I, I mean, normally you'd, you'd expect to have a much higher rank. I mean, it's a very, very good rank. Um, but I mean, if someone told you you were going to get 102 points without any chips. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a mad one, isn't it? And I had a good start to the season last season, so I just tried to think about what I did for prep last season. And after that, it kind of went to pot in about game week three onwards when I played my wildcard. So hopefully this year can can maintain it a bit better. 
Yeah, nice, nice. Well, I mean, were there any, so when you look back at that that team you put together, and I believe it's on the screen now, and obviously you've, you've gone through the players um, for the audio listeners, is there anything you regret doing or regret not doing? So my big, the big, the big um, deba- debate in my head was Barnes or Rafinha. And um, I ended up going with Barnes just because I, I kind of thought, I think of the first four, Barnes has got better potential to outscore him. I think Rafinha is the better player over the season. Mm. but um, I've gone for Barnes. It's just a, like a short-term upside pick. Mm. Um, and I've got plenty of um, space to move down to Rafinha from Barnes if I want to. Um, in the in the metric team, there was a, there was so much uh, talk about Ben Rama, wasn't there? Um, and I stuck, I stuck to my yeah. guns. And I was like, <laughs> you, you're smiling. <laughs> um, I stuck to my guns with, um, with Bowen over Ben Rama. And Bowen looked good yesterday as well, but obviously Ben Rama was the one that, came away with the double figure hole. He like skint four players in the box and then hit it right at the keeper. And I, who hadn't picked him, who had been talking about him preseason, was raging when he got through all those players. And I was like, I can't believe he's about to score. I'm going to get such a telling off Richard <laughs> for it. <laughs> and, uh, and then he missed and I was like, yeah! <laughs> like, I, I, I've never thought I would, I would celebrate Bowen missing something, but there you go. That's what FPL does to you does but i mean it's it's hard to get things perfect in the you know in the first game week so i think you pretty much got it close close to perfect yeah like looking at your team on going and that. stuff it looks great Please, yeah but um so if we if we move on to my team um i think the only real decision i had was which midfielders i had to support salah fernandez and benrahma so I, I got 100 points and i mean after last season i'm delighted you know i didn't even get to this rank of 377k the entirety of last season so you know i'm over the moon i did go for maras and gundawan maybe it's a mistake i mean obviously we've got the headline <laughs> headline about gundawan but you know there was a couple of annoying things there wasn't there because de bruyne unexpectedly returned and maybe yeah. i trusted pep too much and then uh, gundawan got injured which again we can't really account for mm. maras is now off the back of two pretty poor performances you know after the community shield and then yesterday did you watch the game okay. Yeah, I watched the game. I I don't think he did that poorly. People keep saying that, but I don't know. I think I expected more. I mean, they were quite exciting moments, weren't they? Because I remember you WhatsApp me when Mares and Gundogan were boasted over a couple of free kicks. And I was like, yeah, here we go. You got both your players. (laughs) No, but I I keep seeing that. Sorry to derail your team thing, but everyone keeps, like, Mares didn't play very well. Well, that's two. Now, to be fair, like, we don't expect many City players to play more than two games in a row to start them. And that's fine. And I don't mind that. And as a Mares owner, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I might be biased, but like, he had a shot that should have maybe went in. He had a he lot, scored, he yeah. skinned a lot of people on the right hand side. He was doing really, really well. He was actually better than Sterling, which is probably why Sterling came off before him. Um, the, the thing was that, that none of the city players did that well, like as a team, it wasn't great. It's not, I, I feel like we're kind of lumping it on Maris cause most of us own him or, or he's the highest owned, uh, city player. But yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't uh, think any of them I did that what, well. What makes it a bit twitchy is like, in fact, you said, I mean, obviously they, they didn't score and they didn't score in the community shield either, but obviously there was a lot of youth players playing, but then also this return of Kevin De Bruyne, that adds that extra level to it doesn't it because yeah. i mean if he's going to get in the team and it sounds like he's not ready to play 90 minutes but then can you trust pep when pep said he wasn't fit and then he came off the bench yeah so i think there's just that bit of nervous nervousness about it i mean i, I don't regret it i think my reasoning behind going Mares and gundogan you know i can live with that you know i took a risk maybe i should have gone for someone like greenwood but that's only in only in hindsight so 
I, I'm, I'm honestly, I'm over the moon. I got 100 points. I wasn't He's stubborn on Bruno, which has been a, you know, a big yeah. thing for me. So yeah, I feel like I feel like I've achieved something just by getting over that stumbling block. <laughs> many people realised months and maybe even years ago um, that you keep Bruno in your team. So yeah, delighted with that. I mean, Dave, you didn't quite make the 100 club, but you <laughs> certainly had a good week. <laughs> Yeah, I did okay. I did all right. Um, the main reasons why I didn't get into the 100 Club was because everyone had Antonio and I made a last-ditch decision to get Maras instead. So I had to downgrade either Tony or uh, Antonio. And I decided to go with, with Antonio because it meant that I could still have Barnes because um, I really wanted Barnes after watching him play. Um, so yeah, so Barnes and Maras had to make way for Antonio, unfortunately. It was either him or Ings, I guess, or I could have brought down Ings, but I didn't really want to. Ings is great. And I didn't know Antonio was on penalties. That was interesting. Like, I thought he might be. Well, but... he's not, I don't think he is he anymore. But... Be anymore. Yeah, no, which is great. Um, who was it? Andy t- tweeted, like, because I don't know, for whatever reason, where Andy stays in, in Ireland, let's talk. He just knows what's ha- going to happen before it does. I don't know if you ever follow him, like, while you're playing a ga- or watching a game. He's quick. But he yeah. tweeted saying something like, um, Antonio's on penalties. And then before the penalty went in in my stream, um, or oh, it didn't go in, Suchek scored it. Um, Andy had already tweeted saying Antonio's no longer on penalties. <laughs> and I was like, what? What's happened? Did he miss? What's going on? Um, kind of ruined it for you. So, yeah. But um, I was, ex- I was, it was good for me as a non-owner that he missed it. So that was kind of okay. Um, but yeah, I had all the other players everyone else has to Liverpool and Sanchez. Shaw didn't do much for me. I had made a, a very last ditch decision as well. I know we were talking about Soufal for a long time. And he was in my team as a fourth defender for a while in preseason, and I eventually decided to get to to move him on because I I, I had a look over the stats and everything, and I wasn't a hundred percent on West Ham defence after all. And even though Sufal looked really good, um, I decided to just go safe and go shot. And then I'm I'm pretty glad I did because they didn't look very good um, in defence at all. Really, um, they were a bit shaky. Newcastle looked a lot better than a lot of people thought they were going to. So yeah, I'm yeah. happy to have that yeah. one point with Shaw, like everyone else. I think, I think your team's team's solid. There's no there's no major issues. I think that applies to all of us. I mean, oh, I've got the only issue with with Gundogan. <laughs> Shall I'm we move sh- on? Sure. Then? <laughs> yeah, I think I think we should. I mean, I, I did want to talk about Tony actually, because okay. we obviously before the, the the deadline we did the little like lunchtime deadline stream, didn't we? And mm-hmm. you know, we said because of crowds, we thought you know Brentford would score, and it was really frustrating that Tony didn't have a you know didn't have a shot on target. But I just think we've just got to leave it and and wait. I think I'm not annoyed at him. I don't think that was a mistake because he's a lot less money than Ings and Ings didn't have a shot until the 97th minute. Yeah. So, yeah. What do you think, he's got Palace away next. He's got Palace away next, isn't he? So, like, you mm. know, for, I mean, for most people, they're probably looking to roll a transfer unless you've got a Gundo shape problem or whatever. But um, I, I was really impressed by Tony. Um, I thought even though he didn't, didn't get amongst, amongst it on that end, he was dropping deep and creating stuff and, being a nuisance he's got so much awareness about him as well i think i think he'll come good just got to be patient with him yeah i agree and especially the point you make about the about the fixture um i don't think many people are going to be looking to sell and we've got a couple of options we can move on to but let's get into the first headline so it's the headline i've been accused of making about my own team (laughs) it's potential gundawan replacements this can be this can apply basically it's about mid-priced midfielders let's let's call it that 
Yeah. Um, and we did have a question from FPL Najib saying, what should we do about Gundogan? Any good replacement? So it's obviously a very big talking topic um, in the community as well. Um, so, I mean, Rich, are there any that stand out to you? I know you don't have Gundogan, but if you did, are there any players that, that stand out in particular? Yeah, I mean, I I, I would probably look at someone like Saar. Um, did so did really well for Watford. I mean, Villa were, Villa were terrible, but Saar's... Sar's been on the radar of a lot of people for a couple of years now, and he's he's almost looks like he's starting to get to like a, a decent Premier League standard now. So Sar maybe um, Ben Rama, of course. Yeah, it's difficult. It's going to be difficult to ignore him um, if he keeps if he keeps turning up like that, and if he's playing in that Lingard role, which Jesse did so well last year, um, and then you know it, it, he might be a bit of a no brainer. Um, other names I thought about is that Umberma for Brentford as well because he was he was Tony's partner up front and he looked more like he looked really lively and more he likely did. to score. Um, but I've also wrote down and it's a bit of a it's a bit of a left field one. It's if you can afford to wait um, someone like Adama Traore because and hear mm. me out um, <laughs> terrible finishing but he had like six shots four in the box. Um, I had a look at like his average position and things and. He was playing almost as far forward as Jimenez, and there was a particular a particular incident where he was just put through by Moutinho, and you'd expect him to finish that nine times out of ten. So he's got tricky fixtures for the next couple, but then Wolves are like top of the hub fixture ticker um, from like game week four or something, or maybe even game week three. But he might be a, a left field option if you're looking for somebody differential early doors. Yeah, I like, I like that. Like you say, he is he is a bad finisher. But yeah, there, there's so many names. And I think if I had to pick one, you've mentioned Ben Rama already, but obviously he's already in, in my team. But I think he'd be my priority, despite these rumours about Lingard. His price is going to, I want to say rocket, but you know he's going to go up in price You know, a couple yeah. of times. And I think it's always nice to get on those budget one early, budget players early, especially when we've got so many pre, you know premiums have performed this week. So on the screen just now is uh, Triore's heat map. I just wanted to have a wee look while you're saying that there. And he is in the box a lot more than he was last season. Not bad. Yeah, he yeah. can do well. But it's like you say, like, there's a lot of there's a lot of obvious options, aren't there? Like Saar and Ben Rama. So you'd probably go to somebody like that first. But yeah. Interesting know. though, a good pick. The most annoying one, because I think Rafinha would be the most ob- obvious one. But obviously, since we recorded last week, there's all this confusion, isn't there, where Brazil have got obviously the international breaks between game week three and game week four. So if he goes with the Brazil squad, there's all this talk over the quarantine rules, etc., which means he oh, missed yeah. game week four. But then that's that was against Liverpool anyway. Yeah, and then next, probably mentioned... next two are nice. Yeah. Yeah. He's, I mean, he's, he's going to be a... He's one of those that... If you've got Rafinha, really, you can just have him. and You don't need to chop and change him out because he'll tick over nicely. So, I mean, he's a great option as well. Yeah, and a lot of people in the chat are saying the same thing. Ben Ramos, there's a Pogba there, um, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a bit. Um, tips is, Pogba's tips gone is up in priority. price now, though. Is that a problem for you? Well, I mean, if people have Gundogan and no money in the bank, they're obviously yeah. Pogba and Gundogan were 7.5. So, ah, okay. problem would be you literally couldn't afford him. Unless you did, get, unless did you, you do get, a sneaky transfer really start, on Saturday, though? Did you get one? Did you do it? Say, say again? Did you do a cheeky transfer on Saturday night for Pogba? For Pogba? Yeah. No, do you know what? I thought about it and then I was like, no, it I'm not be... doing it. Do you know, because last season I got William got three assists. And I, <laughs> I was going to mention that too. I forgot about yeah. that. 
Crazy. So I, got, I got him in, so I'm not I'm not falling for that again. And I, <laughs> I think we haven't, we haven't even mentioned Greenwood, have we? Um, no, that's another one. Arath well. Alam said, is Greenwood a valid option throughout the season or at least for the next four to six game weeks with Cavani and Sancho being available? Would be would he be a valid FPL option? Basically, he's saying Greenwood. Would, yeah. would he be of interest to either of you? Well, I've not got him yet. So, yeah. but it's always a yet, isn't it? Like I, I, there's a lot going on in my team right now and I don't know if I'll be able to, to justify trying to do much to bring Greenwood in. However, like he's always been a ticking time bomb because of his, you know, the team and the fact that they bought, you know, a massive minutes, player yeah. and they've got Rashford coming back and blah, 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 blah. It was cool to see him play up front though. That was interesting. Like yeah, I think Rashford's out to like October apparently, so you might get a few weeks out of him. Um, and I mean, I started with him on that assumption that I think he'll be he'll at least get four or five game weeks, and yeah. then I'll deal with that as on a wild card or something. Yeah, exactly, and and it means when you because you've done that, it means it's only going to cost you one transfer, right? But as people who didn't start with him, that's two transfers, and that's a lot. I mean, yeah. he is good though. Like if, if I had another point five, I would definitely have had him over Barnes. It was just something that I couldn't afford. Um, but uh, yeah, no, great player. If you've got seven, someone who is seven point five, like Gundo, he's an, he's an interesting one because I feel like obviously with if you're replacing Gundogan, for example, you can replace him with Greenwood, but then it feels like you're replacing a player you didn't want to replace yet with mm-hmm. a player who's got who could have a limited shelf life. Yeah, so it's, it's almost like, like you're Jota. bringing in a, you're bringing in a player. I'd love to have him next week, but then you're almost looking at a way to get out of it. Yeah, and. Also, if you go to someone like Rafinha, or I like them in Brentford shout as well, um, despite probably not wanting to double up on Brentford attackers, you're freeing up a bit of money, and that money can then be used. And obviously, this will go into our later headline about you know that money can go towards someone like Son, particularly yeah. in a in a case like mine where I could free up a million. Then Mares to Son next week is yeah simple probably someone in the chat keeps saying who do i get in for barnes like it's been one game don't you don't don't do anything for barnes stick with barnes yeah he didn't look that bad i mean leicester only scored one goal but it it won't be every day they play against a team that looked okay defensively like they've got i don't think anything changed with him because we knew he'd play 60 70 minutes game week one and that's exactly what he did so I don't think anything's changed there. So First if you've gone through in the... game week one, stick with him, I yeah. reckon. I don't understand I think why. They play Norwich in game week three as well, didn't they? So you're going to want him. You're probably going to want him if you've got him. Like, yeah, hundred percent. It was fun having someone who's going to be playing next week for uh, against Norwich. I had two people playing or three people playing against him this week, and then I'll have Barnes game week three. Like that's it was always a team that you wanted to target anyway. Um, although now it seems like Leeds is a is a you know a, a decent targetable fixture if if at least if you're Man United like that was. Did we expect 5-1? I think a lack of Calvin Phillips yeah. exposes Leeds quite frequently. So whenever he's not playing, um, and I think Lorente was missing as well. Um, so depending on when they come back. Um, but yeah, like I don't think I don't think anyone expected it to be that that heavy a, a defeat. I think it's Leeds, it's Leeds away as well, isn't it? And maybe maybe I feel like I overlooked that myself a little bit little bit too much that you know that they were playing away from home and maybe because i was quite scared not owning greenwood but only obviously once once the game started he should have scored early on yeah, actually even yeah. talking about pogba earlier he should have scored as well so yeah mr well, yeah so there, there could have been more in it as well i i love that it's going to come back to this 
that we still need to because last season it didn't really matter if they're home or away but i'm so glad it's back because it adds a massive uh another element to the game i think eight out of ten home teams won in game week one and one of the away teams that won was liverpool against norwich that was always going to happen regardless so i think that's that's something that you definitely need to take into consideration now and if you only started playing last season and this is your second season it's good it's a big big change um but it really is uh it makes the game so much more interesting adds that yeah. extra layer i think it's a nice change it is a nice change and football did just feel a bit more fun this weekend even though i missed a lot of it because i was at a wedding you know it just felt normal they were at normal <laughs> times the crowd like the crowd interaction was like generally it's quite funny as well ah, there was some, some the decent stuff. crowd stuff happening I yeah and it just it. sounds different you get so used to the fake crowd noise and then it just you know sometimes there is a delay um because you can't tell if the ball's going in the net and I that's don't know. a guy pressing a button right he's got to do it like you know <laughs> yeah. people people just react and he's like oh <laughs> reacting oh i forgot to press two <laughs> so there we go um, we had a question from fpl Boat anfield um who's asking our top three 6.0 million midfielders for the fifth midfield slot all so right. Should All we right. start with you, Rich, and then we go on to you, Dave? I mean, we do, you don't have to do three, but if there's any six millions that you particularly like, um, so I think yeah, Saar and Ben Rama. Um, <laughs> I really liked Bergwijn yesterday against Man City. Yeah. If, especially if Kane's off, um, it looks like if Son then starts playing up front, um, and you can't get to Son, then if Bergwijn, if Bergwijn or however you pronounce his name, I'm butchering it. If he occupies that left flank, he looked pretty good yesterday. Um, I think Lucas Moore is 6.5, so I'd rule him out. But there's there's a lot of good options there. And Burmo again, but like you say, nobody's going to want to double up on the Brentford attack. So if you haven't got Tony, you can maybe move to Burmo. But Saar and Ben Rama are probably the clear ones for me. I have thought about the double up, like only very fleeting thoughts, because it is mm. Palace. Because, I mean, separately as assets, you know, I kind of yeah. like what I saw. I like what I saw. But it's just doubling up on Brentford attack could feel, I don't know, you could look back and be like, why, the, why on earth did I do that? And yeah, I think because he's out of position as well, if, he, if he's going to keep playing up top and he's more likely to play the furthest forward, yeah. then eventually he'll become massively owned. So it might, you know, if somebody's got a, a transfer they need to make this week, it might be nice to jump on early and see what happens. Yeah. And what, what about yourself, Dave? Have you got any... I, had ones, a, I mean, Harrison's one that's not been mentioned. but Yeah. It's hard to mention someone who just lost 5-1, isn't it? Although I, I do understand the, <laughs> the Phillips thing. Like, I'm not I'm not taking the the one game week seriously for Leeds. We know they're going to be awesome. Yeah, I mean, um, look at what we did against did for England in the, in the Euros. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's hard to get Dave to agree with that. <laughs> I'm undefeated in, in normal time or extra time. I heard, I heard. Um I'm not going to get into that. There's so many people that are not Scottish in the chat. <laughs> um, who was the guy that played uh, midfield in Brentford who did really well? Is it Can- Kanos? Kanos? Sanos? Oh, Kanos. Yeah, Sergey. that was interesting. Kanos. He did pretty well as well. Um, not just for points, but he seemed to be everywhere where he should be. Like the Brentford's Brentford's press is something else. Like I thought Leeds did well, but holy cow. <laughs> um, it was interesting with Kanos though, because do you remember the pod we pod we did with Jamie where he said like Mbemo would be up front and Canos might be a wing back or full yeah. back and then but they can switch so he was pretty spot on with that he was he did very well and and to be fair like even even though that was the case he was still getting in perfect positions he was running up from behind he knew where the spots were that he had to be at the right the right time and he got he got his goal and um 
yeah, he got all three bonus, I'm sure, as well. So that was, it was pretty good. Um, and he's only 5.5 too. Uh, so if you don't own Tony and you don't want to do a transfer up front and you're not too bothered and you need, you know, to save funds, for example, like Gundo to Son or whatever, and you're downgrading someone else, then yeah, 5.5, you can't, you can't do worse than that. No, it's, it's a difficult one, this one. Well, you could um, do I'm much sure we get a bit bit more onto it later you know yeah. what to do what to do with something like Gundogan because I guess the alternative option and it might be an option I have is maybe I don't want to do it because of price drops and price rises but there is a chance of just playing um like a Brighton defender at home or even Eilings at home so bringing in your cheap cheap defenders I guess we need more news from Pep as well but it's, yeah. it's almost like the prices are sort of forcing me to do a move when I'm, I'm not sure about it but <laughs> we go on to our second headline which is much more exciting players that's our premium players and who do we want or need all right so rich what premium players are you eyeing up that you don't have well so what's interesting no, you're not I rich ask... hold on oh Sorry. not me <laughs> I, was, this is I, was, I was thinking why you're asking thought, me and not the guest i thought you were giving me a bit more intel um, I, I mean, I think Lukaku and Kane are the are the outstanding ones, um, just because we're kind of ex- well, we know Lukaku's going to be uh, playing for Chelsea in game week two. I think Tuchel's practically confirmed it. He's, he should be he should be out of quarantine and ready to go. Um, if Kane gets his move to City, I think he'll quickly become the most owned player in the game, and we'll see a lot of wild cards played just to get him in. Um, Son interests me as well now, just because of how he played against Man City. I mean, that's that's always going to be your trickiest games against Man City. And um, Nuno had them well drilled and they knew their roles well. So I think Son is probably a good shout. But yeah, I'm always attracted to sexy new strikers. And so somebody like Lukaku or Kane, the minute they're active in the game, I think everyone's going to try and get to them if... Me, probably wait till I'll try and wait till game week seven or eight on a wild card with the international break. But I think, yeah, their ownership will rock it the minute that Kane, especially, is class as active, whichever team he plays. I, I, I totally, absolutely agree with everything you said. And also want to add that when we discussed this pre season, um, either on the pod or in group chats or on Twitter or whatever, it was always the case of like Salah's untouchable. And Bruno could potentially be the pave the way for a cane or whatever, right? But after game week one, that has to have changed, right, Richard? Yeah, it's funny you ask me, isn't it? Because I've, <laughs> I've always, I've not been anti Bruno, but I've I've never captained him, and I've always looked for ways to not have him. And you were on and... Manny for a little bit as well, weren't you? In some of our draft videos and stuff. Yeah, probably. If Robertson hadn't got injured, there was a chance I ended up with with Manny because that completely changed the whole structure of my team and made Bruno quite easily easy to get in. Yep. And it might have been the case for a lot of people, like his ownership may well have, um, Bruno's ownership may have increased because of that Robertson injury. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, after that performance at the weekend, it's hard for me to to argue you know, against it. Um, obviously, I asked both of you two, um, who, who would you captain over the, over the next six game weeks? I was meant to prepare a little graphic, but I've just realized I didn't. Um, <laughs> it's okay. We've got, the, we've got the fixtures <laughs> up in front of us, so we can yeah, have a wee cool. look. I mean, basically, we didn't really need a graphic because you guys were saying you're going to captain Salah, Bruno, and there was like a Spurs one in there for, for game week three. That was basically the consensus. There was no, you know, captain in Lukaku in the first up till game week seven. So yeah. It, it does feel a little bit like people might just stick, which which is a, it's a bit of a shame, really. I mean, obviously, if, if the Kane deal had happened earlier, we might have seen a few more people putting in placeholders 
to get Kane. Like we were talking about for getting Bardi in, weren't we? And obviously he scored, but only got five points. Yeah. Um, but I didn't see many people going for that in the end. It's a, such a boring answer, isn't it? To say it's like a, it's a, it's a, it's a wait and wait and see really. And cause I couldn't imagine now I was quite blase about, you know, having Bruno, I kept calling him a placeholder and I know Dave was getting offended. I mean, I'm well, it wasn't defended. It was mostly just like, let's not forget he is actually amazing. And it was a reason why yeah. he was the best scoring player um, or midfielder. At least. Did Kane beat him in the end last season? I can't even mind. Um, but yeah, he was, he's, he's been doing pretty good, man. Um, I didn't expect him to get a hat trick. Yeah. No, I've upgraded him from a placeholder to a, I don't know. Potential uh, captain. <laughs> stalwart, yeah, potential potential captain <laughs> in my team. Do you know, one of the arguments I've always had against Bruno as well was I like to try and captain players who I think can get a hat-trick, and I didn't think Bruno could do that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's completely changed now. Whether it happens again or not, I don't know. It might be like Salah, where this is his highest game week score of the season. What did he say on Instagram? He was just waiting for people to fill the, fill the stadium before he got his hat-trick. So there you go. He was just, he was I think a... so. <laughs> I mean, either of you going to go for Kane or Lukaku in the next couple of weeks? I mean, what if Lukaku comes out of the weekend now and scores scores a hat trick? You know, in, against Arsenal. No, but um, their fixtures are so rubbish. Sorry, Rich, you go. Yeah, that's no. I was just to say. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm primarily a fixtures guy. I know that um, a lot of people think form doesn't exist, but that's probably a different topic or a different time. Mm. Um, but I've looked at as part of uh, something that I wrote for fantasy football hub we've looked at drafts that you can fit uh, bruno salah um kane and trent into and they weren't too bad like they weren't they weren't too bad um one of them i had i think it was like kane and dcl up front for example yeah um, with some of the cheaper okay. midfielders um and then basically a stack of like 4.5 defenders next to trent or if you go without trent you're probably dropping down to somebody like a luke shaw um, so it, it's doable, and if you if you were to opt for Lukaku over Kane, then that's another one million towards the budget. So, I mean, we kind of a few of us put drafts together, and we felt like it could be done. But then some of the replies basically just said, "No, it can't be done." But I think people are going to have to start if they want all of them. They're going to have to start looking at drafts like that to get all of the players they want. I but think that's why yeah. with Gundogan, I might be a little bit more open. Instead of going for someone like Greenwood, you could start looking at those Abuembos or you know that yeah. kind that kind of price point, and then you're slowly taking the money out. Especially if Mares then comes down instead of up. But then Son's a problem because you know there's a lot of desirable stuff about him after this weekend. But yeah. if you go for someone like Son, then you're not going to be able to get Lukaku or you know if you have a Son Salah Bruno midfield with Trent and. Even if you filled it with a load of rubbish apart from that, it's going to be very hard to fill it with then Lukaku and Kane. Hey, if Tottenham keep playing like yeah, that, then yeah. Son's going to outscore Lukaku and Kane if Kane moves. Like, I know that City are awesome, right? But they share the goals, no question about it. Son is the obvious out, outward, like, the guy who's going to score all their goals. Um, so, yeah, like, and he's I think we'll learn a We'll learn a lot this weekend, I think, that Wolves game about Spurs. And I think we'll get our answer if if we need to go for Son or not. And that's why I can understand why a lot of people are patiently waiting to, you know, to pounce with two transfers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's the perfect storm, right, for for Mahrez owners, um, because he's only a million off and there's things we can do after game week two. Um, But I I wish I started with him, like, just watching that game against City and him having so many chances. And it was weird because if you watch the game, you'll know that he... 
he kept like he'll get into the box and he would turn around and he wouldn't take that shot and it was almost as if he was he was in two minds he's playing a new position etc I know he's played there before but he just seemed like he wasn't he wasn't happy with where he was and he wanted to turn around and pass it and stuff and that wasn't like the son that we knew especially counterattacks on but then when he did eventually like start taking shots they obviously went in at halftime and and he was told like no gonna gonna just start shooting you idiot like what what are you doing and then he did and he was amazing and he, the yeah, amount yeah. Of, the amount of quality that he's got there's no point that he shouldn't be shooting he's difficult to mark because he can shoot with both his left and his right and all that good stuff that you learn off should be on pens as well yeah, and he, he should be definitely should be right. Set pieces. Yeah, there's a lot of desirable yeah. stuff with him there. We but... should consider him a premium. He's 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 ten million, so we could do you know double figures. Let's get to the point though, that and that's why I was you know messaging you guys to who who are you captain him basically because it does get to the point where you've got so many premiums. Some of these you're never never gonna captain, but yeah. so it's going to be interesting because I like the idea of what Rich was saying about you know that structure where you can squeeze all these players in, but Son's just making it you know even more difficult. Yeah, um, it was it was a good practice though, or, or sorry, a good exercise when you said we should write down who we're going to captain over the next six weeks. And I think we were yeah, talking I about. Thought, I mean, it was the general. We did the eight simple I was about to say, the general, didn't yeah. we? And he loves his. I think he calls it a captain matrix. Um, but he said that he only he spends two minutes on captains, if that. He goes, who's the who's the best fixture? Who's the best in form? Oh, it's probably. I right, we'll go Bruno this week, and that's it. That's all he does. It doesn't really go too much into it. But it was really good to write down the next six you're downplaying what he does there you're like yeah he just he closes his eyes and points well he's he's very good at this game. okay <laughs> yeah. hold on hold on he's very good at this game and he is able to do it in two minutes okay it wouldn't be two minutes for me or for for definitely not for richard but um <laughs> we'd be, it's it's the general okay but my point was is that he doesn't overthink his captaincy and when i was writing all of my captains down for the next six weeks i only wrote down Salah's name maybe once actually um, thinking about it now maybe twice whereas Bruno was in there three times and I think I put Lukaku for game week seven um, against Southampton oh you did have Lukaku and that's yeah. only because Liverpool and Man are playing Man City that week and I think Man United are playing yeah Everton or something like that so it's not it's not um, it wasn't a very good fixture for either of the people that I had but I think we need to start thinking about Spurs as a, a genuine contender for you know that we won't, we don't take hits unless it's for our captain. Like if Spurs are playing someone who has been rubbish and they look really good against Wolves, it's going to be very difficult for me not to move Maras on from. He's probably my highest target. Here's one for you both. Then would you, if you have Maras and you had the money available to move to Son this week, would you do it now or is it? It's, it's still a wait, isn't it? I'd wait. Oh, I might do it now. <laughs> just for, obviously, just Dave because, doesn't have the money, but yeah, I think. I don't know. I almost feel like the Wolves fixture might be easier for someone like Son than the Watford one, because Watford last year with defensively in the Championship were very good, although they did they haven't had a very good preseason. Whereas Wolves, the new manager likes to come out and attack, um, and that would give, I think that would give Son a bit more space, um, especially with Bergwijn and Mora behind him. But I, I'd still wait. Like I think there's so much information to be gained, you know, in these early weeks that. Yeah, it might pay off, but if it doesn't, or you get another injury and stuff, you're up the creek without a paddle. What kind of creek? Yeah. No, I'm joking. <laughs> it's a TV show. <laughs> what a show! I've got Spurs' fixtures on the screen just now: Wolves, then Watford, uh, Crystal Palace, and Chelsea. And you guys can't see it, but it's Arsenal and Aston Villa next. So very mixed. But as we've seen with City, 
Like if they're if they're playing defensively, he's he's great on the counter. So and we've seen him do it against teams that aren't, you know, very attacking. Like Burnley, remember that famous goal that he scored. Um, so yeah, he can do it with any team. I, I'm not so concerned. The difference between him and Mares is simply he'll play every single game, and it's hard to beat that, especially if he's on for in, in form, right? Richard, yeah, it's 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 quite um it's quite um boring saying to wait. But I, I do think it is the right decision. And that, that again, defends my decision uh, that having Gundogan as a headline, because I think he's the only issue people have got in their teams. Unless they've gone like very, you know, off template and, uh, you know, different players to the ones that have been commonly recommended on Twitter and on podcasts, etc. Yeah. I, I don't see any players that people have as part of a template that are like a big issue. Did anyone else get injured? I know there was no red cards, right? So no red cards. So no one's really got to do anything with that. Um, oh, no, I no. Everyone just was got, the only one got injured. All the players that hold seem to be in the template, unless people want to start doing hits for like Casper Schmeichel or you know stuff like that. Woodman, for example. But shout out to Planet. Yeah. I think um, Thingy went. James went for Pereira, who was off template. Who hauled? Yeah, he had, no, he had no Bruno and outscored, outscored me and you, me. Dave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, impressive. There you go. So it kind of does back up the Bruno um, theory. So. Well, no, if, you, if, you, if, you, if you do things like oh, Pereira, oh my goodness. Um, all right, so we are coming up to the piss break. So I want to just go for it now, natural, stop in the chat, and then we'll come back refreshed, renewed, and ready for headline three. All right, welcome back, everyone, from that lovely piss break. Next headline is Rich's metric team. So, Rich, do you want to talk to us a little bit about what you do and uh, go into as much detail as you like, buddy? Sure. So, I um, so I write for Fantasy Football Hub about a team called the uh, very well-named Using FPL Points as a Metric Team because I can't think of anything better to call it at the moment. <laughs> um, so, I got this. I got the idea of it from. I play NFL fantasy, much like I know that Richard does as well. Um, and there's a there's a website that uses something called Fantasy Points Allowed, and they basically they have a fixture ticker by a specific position about who concedes the most points to that position. So in um, in NFL, you've got um, wide receivers, running backs, quarterbacks, etc. Whereas in FPL, we've got goalkeepers, defenders, midfielders, forwards. Um, so I kind of looked at it and thought I might be able to do something similar here. So I started collating um, data and working out who I can, if I can use this as like a fixture ticket to target, I don't know, say midfielders with playing three of the four teams conceding the most points to midfielders. Mm. Um, and it started off as just a bit of an experiment. And I noticed that um, Gerard Delafeo at Watford was about to play I think it was Chelsea at the time. They were conceding one of the, the most points to forwards. And I was like, oh, I've got a draft team. I'll, I'll stick him in that and see if it works. And oddly there, yeah, he scored a goal and it was a penalty. So it was a bit fortuitous, but it gave me the impetus to stick with it. Yeah. Um, and then I um, I started, I did, did a bit of writing and sort of predicting who I thought might do well. And the big success was um, Pepe against Newcastle. And nobody really 
was that asked about Pepe because he wasn't doing very well, but he went and got 17 <laughs> points against Newcastle. Yeah, it was remember. a big haul. Like, yeah, he absolutely hauled. And so then I just thought, well, I'm going to stick with this now. And so, um, yeah, each t- each position has got their own fixture ticker rather than just the one you'll see on um, Herb or uh, the, the FPL site. Each position has got their own fixture ticker, which has differing fixtures depending right. on the teams that are conceding the most points to that position. Um, I also do it on a points per game basis that like properly drills down on it. So the, um, yeah, so that's the one that if you identify a decent run, then you can go and look at something like this and see if that specific fixture. So I don't know. I mean, this is last season's data, but yeah. Sheffield United away, for example, were just terrible. They, they were absolutely awful. And that makes sense because they went down and they were just rubbish. Um, but I use it as like a good starting point for, identifying players and then I'll go away and I'll look at things like you know opta stats and and other things like that just to try and work out if that team is worth targeting and then I'll look at the player that I would like to bring in from that team at that position um be it a SAR at Watford for example because he's out of position that might then help me think well I'm going to go for SAR because he's the obvious pick and so on and so forth so it's doing all right. I think I, I set a target of a hundred k finish, or you know, a five figure finish every yeah. season, and I finished. I think it was just outside the top hundred k last year. So I'm going again, um, and, and hopefully did, I can have a bit more joy. Did you refine it for this season? Do you, do you keep learning new things as you go through the season? Yeah. So what I want to do this year is I want to do um, almost like in, in addition to the overall tables, it's like maybe four weekly ones as well, and then right. look back and. And I'll try and try and then use that to predict teams that are they might have been rubbish for the first four weeks, but have got better in the next four weeks and so okay. on and so forth. Um, but it's it's ever evolving, and like I'm always open to feedback. So if somebody reads the article and thinks I think you should do it this way, or how about doing it this, and I'm always I want to take on as much sort of feedback about it as possible because I, I ultimately I want it to be useful for other people. Um, so yeah, if people read it and they think oh you could maybe do this, then yeah, drop me a message. So when setting up, so either for game week one or even for next week, are there any things that really jump out at you that the metric team, you know, might, and, and I realise it's early days, like you say, like a lot of that data you've still got is from last year um, and it will yeah. evolve over the coming weeks. But So so for this year, I I looked at it initially with the last, um, the last, last season data and Basically, I wanted to compare that to like an actual fixture ticker that like Fantasy Football Hub do and just see if there were any patterns, you know, if if that if my stuff was similar to, um, you know, like the hub fixture ticker, which take into account loads of different things. Yeah. And if they if, if they were both a match, then I would be like, right, I'm just going to go with it because, you know, it's an experiment. I want to see what happens with it. Um, and that's why I got somebody like um, Saar, for example, because they were high on the fixture ticker for her. They've got good fixtures um, on my ticker as well. And um, I, I thought even though it's Watford and they might not, you know, adapt to the Premier League as well as, you know, I, you know you'd know, assume I'm going to give it a go anyway. And it's interesting because I overlooked Brentford completely. Like Brentford have got decent fixtures according to this, to last season's data. Mm-hmm. but I was, I, I was, you know, pro, I was quite like, well, it's Brentford. I don't want to risk it too much. Um, and I was initially on Pickford, but then I, watched, I sort of saw the highlights of Everton versus Man United in pre-season and just jumped, jumped <laughs> off him straight away. Same thing, yeah. Um, but yeah, like I, 
it's difficult to try and use it, use last season's data to anticipate what's going to happen for any stat you want to use. Yep. You know, you could go back and look look at XG for the last eight weeks, and that's not going to tell you or help you with what's going to happen. But you, when you haven't got much information to go by, I just yeah, I went with it and I had a good week to start with. I like that, and I like that you use it along with other things as well. Like you know, yeah. like part of you know, if you use Fixer Ticker along with that, you could use. I guess you could use algorithms. Obviously, you're still yeah. talking about watching preseason games and stuff. Um, but yeah, no, it's honestly really interesting. Like you said, you've got your articles that people can check out, and it'll be interesting to see how it develops for the promoted teams after the next few weeks. I mean, did you say it might be like four or five weeks until we can start getting something from that? Yeah, so I mean, I so last season I wildcarded in game week four because I thought, mm-hmm. you know, right, that's a that's a four week window. I'm going to stick a wildcard down, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go with it. And I remember one of the players I brought in was um, what was his name? I think it was Joe Bryan from Fulham because oh, yeah. Fulham had nice fixtures. And I was like, well, I'm using this as an experiment. I want a Fulham defender, even though they're not very good defensively. I'll pick the one that's most nailed. So Joe Bryan, he carries some attacking threat. And then he was benched for the first time all season. <laughs> and I was just like, right, okay, fine. So this year, I'll, I think from game week four, I'll start tweeting with the threads about the tables because at the moment, some of the tables don't, there's like error messages in the formula and stuff. But from game week four, I'll start tweeting about, uh, not tweeting, yeah, like threads of the data. And then I think maybe game week eight this year is when I'll wildcard. Because I'll have a, I'll have double the amount of information I'm last idea. year. It's yeah. interesting with Joe Bryan because he obviously got them promoted. He scored, he scored that yeah. brace that got them promoted. So, and I was, yeah, I was kind of hoping that he was the most nailed. He's got attacking threat. It might really sort of, you know, make people take notice of this this team. And then he got benched. Um, <laughs> but yeah, there there are caveats to it. You know, it's like defense. Some defenses score higher because they play five at the back, yeah. whereas mm. you know some some will play four and. You know, teams like um, Spurs prior to Harry Kane, if he leaves, would only play with Kane up top as a forward. And like teams like Burnley will score quite well because Dyke likes to substitute forwards for forwards quite a lot, um, and they play with two up top. So there's there's caveats like there's caveats to anything. But it's um, so interesting yeah. if you could add that to the spreadsheet, like do uh, it just checks to see if the the defense is going to be good or or bad, or if it if they're going to be playing four four two or or three five or whatever and like you could add that to that but that would take so much so much guesswork too it would make it a bit you know yeah i mean i started i started to sort of track formations and then whenever Mm -hmm. i whenever i would write about it i'd be like bear in mind that like uh crystal palace cuyate last season was a midfielder Mm -hmm. and so he played he played at defense all the time and so they only ever played with three defenders and so they scored really low not just because they weren't very good but because they only played with three defenders so there's like a caveat that you've got or include there um but yeah like i think it's i think it's going relatively well um and it's just a different way of looking at things but i would always say like you said um like you said rich that don't use it on its own you use it in conjunction with other things like you do any other stats or mm-hmm. use it as like a, a you know like a balance it with other things and it will it might be useful to you nice nice that's perfect. Um, so what we do is we move on to our to our questions now. And um, we have to remember, we have to do our, our teams for next week as well, which obviously we've not had to do the last few episodes. Oh, yeah. so. We've got to talk about our teams. Um, yeah, for I anyone just... interested, we'll have a link to the, the article down below after the after we go off live. So if you want to check that out, you can do. Yeah, I'm, or I'm follow Rich on Twitter and you can get his, um, see his threads as, we as well. We updated threads, aye. Game week four. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that. I love this kind of stuff. 
It's why I started playing FPL, to be fair. Just reading <laughs> stats and, and seeing if you can do it without watching games. Turns out it's it's not as hard as it looks. <laughs> You've been watching a lot of games recently. I, I've, I've been noticed. doing it now. I've noticed. Yeah. I've been doing it now. But I mean, when I started, yeah. I didn't watch any games. And I got like <laughs> top 5k. And I was like, ah, this. And I started watching games and all went downhill. <laughs> it just means my eye test yeah. is rubbish. Your eye test in the good. mud, as they say. Hi. Sorry, um, continue. <laughs> So yeah, she, I guess we'll go through our mini leagues because we've actually got mini leagues now as well. Um, so you can join oh, yeah. the FPL Surgery Podcast League and the code for that is 4U2742. I'm sure most people are in that as well. Um, and then J-Roz had quite a good idea on our Slack channel. He's actually gone on live FPL and he's got us all the, the latest ownerships for, for the leagues. Um, so for our Patreon league, we've got all the latest ownerships there. So I think Dave's going to pop that on the screen. Yep. In two seconds. Yeah, I'm trying to find it myself. This is not smooth. This is not smooth. This is not smooth. Just read them out as you go. Yeah, I can't find them. So we're gonna we're gonna skip that bit. <laughs> we'll come we'll, we'll come back to we'll come back to the leagues. Questions. Da- Daniel Malpass. Um, which has better overall returns potential? Money in the bank for future trades or using all available cash for current fixtures? Now this is interesting because obviously that was something where Dave was you were saying you might be tempted to move Mares to Son if you had money in the bank. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, what do you both think about that? Who um, value of money in the bank? Yeah, I, I I'd rather have my cash in my team and make it work for me straight away. Sort of like, especially especially with game week one, you want to make a good start. Um, if you maybe if you've got like half a mil or a million left in the bank just in case. But not, you know, not like four and a half million pounds or whatever. I, I understand why maybe you're booking in a transfer up to a Kane or a Lukaku. But if you've got that cash in the bank, the chances are you probably haven't got like, you, you've even not got a Bruno, a Salah, a Trent or somebody that could be scoring you points in the meantime. Um, so I'd, I'd rather have the majority of my cash in my starting 11 to start with, even despite the temptation to wait for somebody like Kane or Lukaku. It's interesting because I've heard Stefan call it before. Like um, he's like, get your money on the table. So to have the, you know, those first 11 players, you've got your money, you know, in use. Yeah. And especially, I guess, more maybe towards the end of the season uh, when your team's a little bit more set. Um, but I do kind of wish I had that flex- flexibility now because I had a couple of drafts where I did have a little bit of money in the bank. And it's interesting with this Gundogan transfer that I now have the opportunity to get a bit of money behind me, you know, in case I want to move to Son or Lukaku or whoever. Mm-hmm. So I think it does come into your thinking, but I think like you said, I wouldn't deliberately go for, if I thought a player was considerably worse than another, I wouldn't keep the money in the bank for the sake of it. Yeah. I think I'm only doing it because I don't know if Rafinha is like Rafinha and Greenwood are that like a million apart in terms of how good they are. Um, and I could be proven completely wrong this weekend, but I mean more as, as a long-term asset as well. Um, so no, that very interesting question. Um, we'll move on now. So we've got one from high. Should I keep my faith in Mane or should I switch to Salah? So obviously some people did go for Mane. Oh. Ouch. What would you guys do if you're in a situation like that? Just bite the bullet and I guess you'd need the extra 0.5 as well. I'm assuming he has it because he, he didn't add or she didn't add uh, anything like should I downgrade this person or whatever. Like for a hit. Okay, so assume you would just be using a transfer. I mean, I, I think I would. Game week one, would you? The thing is, I know I looked at Mane, but I wouldn't have gone Mane over Salah. Aye, so I'm what, not just saying what it now. we really I need never... is a little bit of a time machine thing going on here where you can go back in time, slap yourself, 
Yeah, listen to and Stefan <laughs> and then yeah. just give yourself a massive slap and then be like, snap out of it, we're going for Salah. That's what you should I'd do. ask you I'd ask I'd ask yourself why. Why did you go because you must have had a reason. Like if you <laughs> you know if you've got if you've got if you if there's something that's telling you to go Mane over Salah, mm-hmm. it's you know, see it out. Like I know that Salah is, is I mean, he's the better pick, in my opinion, because he's on penalties and he's just more explosive. But, you know, Mane against Norwich, he still had three shots. Uh, a couple of a couple were in the box, I think. One was on target. He made three key passes. Yeah. And, you know, Liverpool, we've got we've got good fixtures. So, I'm, I'm you know, he's not going to blank forever. But yep. go, go and ask yourself why you picked him in the first place and, you know, go with your instinct, go with your gut. There's so many decisions that I make going with, like, you know, sort of without ignoring my instinct and it not paying off. So, yeah, if you've if you've picked Mane for a reason, stick with him. Yeah, see where it gets you. You must have known that Salah could potentially outperform Mane because it's happened very often. So you, it's not it's not like you went in there with Mane thinking, oh, he's definitely going to beat Salah, and everyone else is is wrong. Like this was always going to be an outcome that was predictable. So I uh, I I I'm, I agree. Just, just I like, I like Rich's take on that. Actually, going back to like the original decision, original decision instead of what you know you should do now, because that I mean that is a very very good point. Keep the faith. I agree. Yeah, you do sometimes. I mean, this isn't a way to predict how things happen, um, but you know sometimes you do find you know people who do badly in game week two then suddenly oh sorry people who do badly in game week one can then do better in game week two and vice versa. Mm. It's going to be very hard for those teams who've already got 100 points to then go ahead and get 100 points again. I mean, obviously, I guess pods like who got this this would say that's gambler's fallacy, but yeah. you know, it's something something we've seen time and time again. So maybe you don't need to panic. I, th- I just think personally, I would go back to Salah, but then I would have gone for Salah in the first place. So maybe we're biased, and Rich yeah. is giving it more from their point of view. But I would say that's good advice for anyone you've went for over someone else, right? We've been talking about it a lot, and I'm assuming loads of other pods are. You know, you shouldn't be doing much in gaming one, but it is totally worth looking at your original idea. Why didn't I go for Bruno? Why didn't I go for these guys? Why didn't I go for Salah? Why did I go for Manny? Yeah, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, I agree. Um, I'm excited for the next question. Is this Feral's one? Yep. Yeah, I thought it might be. Thank you, Feral. <laughs> Um, so the first question is for Rich. At what point do we jump off Jota? At 7.5, can we keep him for the long haul super sub? Or should we be investing that amount of money into a nailed asset? So Jota. Um, I think I think if you started with him, it's a bit like the Mane one. If you started with him, you've got to keep him for at least a couple more weeks. Like just because and and Flappy, you know, you know this more than anyone. Like Jota can do damage off the bench. So yeah. even if he doesn't start, he can like he can properly come on and like turn a game around. So I would I'd be keeping him, you know, maybe not for the long haul. Give him another two or three weeks, at least until you you've got a bit more information and you can make a decision with a bit more sort of in, like, yeah like information, more informed decision. Because Firmino started scoring goals all of a sudden, which I didn't expect. Um, he's been off the boil for ages now, and so it might be that and Klopp's quite a loyal manager as well, so he'll. I think he'll give Firmino plenty of opportunity. He won't just say you're done. Jota's going to start from now. So I keep him for a couple of weeks um, and reevaluate maybe after the international break. I definitely hold him for the short term. Great, yeah, great I like answer. that answer. I mean, it does seem to be a common answer, doesn't it, for all of these? But again, they've obviously gone for Ferrell's obviously gone for Jota over say Simakas or something. So yeah, I mean, yeah. and I made the opposite decision just because. Mm-hmm. 
I I was a bit worried, and, and I had I had Greenwood in that Jota spot, and I he's not he's a risk as well. So I didn't want too many fires to potentially have to put out within yeah. three or four weeks. So I mean, Simicass is you know technically a fire himself, but I can just stick him on the bench until I'm ready to wild card. You know, I can just class it as a dead spot. But um, yeah, I I think it might just be that he ticks over nicely in bits like we've seen before. Yeah. There was a few, we got a few questions about Jota, didn't we? Um, but Farrell added another wee bit. Did we not want to read that out or you want to just move on, Rich? Oh, yeah, he was asking how my eye was. Can I show people? <laughs> no. Oh, he got stung <laughs> in the eye. <laughs> yeah, so Farrell's an optician. So oh, did when you it message happened, him? I messaged him. Um, yeah, I got mosquito <laughs> bit me on the eye. people? Oh, you look so good. You look like a fisherman up. that's on shore that has been... Brutally, brutally punch. I'm looking at it on my... I've got it up just give in case you're... Give it a quick flash if you want, I don't mind. Yeah? <laughs> oh, look at that. <laughs> Who gets stung Lovely, in the eye? People don't want to see this. <laughs> I do. I thought it was great. It's my screensaver now. Um, was it painful? Um, I woke up, it was just a little bit itchy. And then it's just popped up on... I can see the YouTube. It's just popped up again for me. Um, <laughs> it was a little bit itchy. And I was like, what's happened? And then I... You know, when you put your camera on selfie mode, I was like, what the... So I had to go, yeah. to, the, I had to, go to the pharmacy after messaging Feral. You and, messaged yeah. the group chat saying, I've been... My eye's been stung. And I was like, what were you doing? And you said, I just, oh, I just left... I just left, the, win I just left the window the open. I was like, I'm never coming to Reading, ever. <laughs> Oh, mate, it's horrible up here. Oh, can't, so I can't funny. wait to see the chat after that. Um, we've got one final question, and then we're going to get onto our traptains. Go for it. Um, so Hibbo has asked, will Rich set up a Patreon if he wins the Hub Contributors League, which is currently on course to win? Are you top, Rich? Uh, I was after uh, the round of like Saturday's games, but I think Corth is top now. Um, Amazing. So, yeah, I mean, there's, t there's 10 points in it. But, yeah, Corf is top of the Hub Contributors League. Um, off to another good start. But he doesn't care about his rank. Just, no, it's um, true. And hopefully he doesn't do anything to get himself banned from FPL as well. Um, sure. <laughs> <laughs> can we um, get the uh, Patreon League up now, Dave? Yes. Yes, we can. can. Do Sorry do about do the technical do. difficulties before. That's all good. Um, so this is just something that um, j Ross did. So it's the ownership in our league. So it does show, I mean, Salah was 186% effective owner ownership in our in our Patreon league. Mm -hmm. And then second was Trent. And Bruno was only actually 89%. But I suppose that's because of limited captains. Yeah. But they did but, well yeah. if they did captain them. Just very interesting to see. Because yeah. people who are in our Patreon are obviously people who have been playing for this for a long time, who are really into FPL. Um, it's no, no use looking at, at percentage owned, you know, in the first game week um for those you know i use i use top 10k a lot when i'm looking at like the live fpl website um instead of the overall ownership and it's really good tip that we have this so that we can have a little sneak peek of what that potentially might be um for at least the first few game weeks so yeah it was interesting though kufal's at 18 percent and maris is a lot higher than i thought he would be as well after <laughs> he was gonna be a bit of a Gundogan's only 11%. Maybe we didn't need that headline after all. I told you that. <laughs> it, was to, it was good to discuss mid-priced midfielders. One in 10 people from our own Patreon uh, <laughs> wanted to know what you were going to do with Gundogan. Did we make a decision? Do you know what you're doing? For Gundo? Decision on what? Gundo. Are you keeping him? 
Well, we're going to get to that when we get to Treptons. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. I'm skipping ahead. Um, other things to note <laughs> that I noticed is that Tony wasn't as owned as I thought he would be. And Barnes isn't a big differential. I was interested to see that. And, you know, two of the three people that are here right now have Barnes. I thought he. I thought I was going with a little bit of a differential, but it turns out not. You're going to start shouting up the pod in the minute and putting the end credits on. We're not, we're not, we're not done yet, mate. <laughs> I keep forgetting we need to do teams and stuff. This is the first time I've done the podcast after a game week. So there you go. Um, no, I know. It, it, it feels completely different doing it after a game week. Don't, don't you worry. Don't you worry. Shall I show the our league league? Yeah, if you could show the league, give a few people a shout out. Yeah, I will do. Um, and I'll fix it as well so you guys can see then. Um, so Desmond Brady's at the top with 135 points. Ryan Quinn, 130. Wow. Um, Daisy Cavani? Cavana? 113 and 122, 122, 22, yeah. 20, blah, 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 blah. But well done, 135. I'm going to go check if... I bet he used a triple captain. Must have. Yes. <laughs> captain, 135 points. So, and yeah, if you want to join that league, it's 4 u two seven four two. Let's just check his team really quick. Oh, decent, decent. And he's got Son. Calvert-Lewin. Wow, well done, mate. Good job. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> um, and uh, the Patreon league as well, I right? Let's go see... Yeah. Um, beautifully named, I thought this season. Um, yeah, not yet, not the FPL Surgery podcast. So I didn't know yeah. this was a thing. Did you know this, Rich? Not Richard. That if you're in, some people don't want other people to know that they're in Patreon and stuff, so they won't join the league. Did you know that? It's like a thing. Oh, no, what? Like if they're playing against mates and they don't want to know that they're getting yeah. insider help. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. How crazy is that? So, so Iceman's so, named it not the Patreon League, which is less subtle. Yeah, he, he asked us. He was <laughs> like, what should we call it Because for people like that? And they were going to call it something. And I was like, yeah, not, not just call it not the surgery Patreon. <laughs> um, so well Great. done, Andrew. Gray's at the top, 113 points. See, I don't think anyone here used the triple captain. We've got 113 for there. Matthew, 112. Andreas, 112. Um, and it goes on from, oh, it's kind of to tie. 112 points in the top. Uh, three of the top four, I think. Well done. And then I have rounds it out with 111. Yeah, there you go. Well done, big everyone. Big scores there. Some big scores there. So, Traptons. Yeah, go for so it. If we start, so should we start, who should we start with? We start with you, Rich? Yeah. Sure. So, your, your transfers and captains. I think I think there's not going to be many transfers this week. No. So, I'll be um, provided there's no sort of injury news or whatever. I'll be rolling. Um, in both the metric team and my team because uh, my wife wants the metric team we get one team each because that's the rules um <laughs> she will be rolling and captaining salah and i will be rolling and captaining salah but i am gonna double i'm just gonna look at the info about bruno just just out of curiosity but i think liverpool at home with fans i know we don't do very well against burnley there's not massive scores salah especially hasn't done great against Burnley in the past, but at home with fans, I'm really hoping we can just turn it on. So yeah, so it's Salah captain. What kind of stuff would swing it for, for for Bruno, or these things you don't know yet, and we'll discover in the in the coming yeah, days? I mean, I want to. Yeah, I want. I need to go and look a bit more because I think Burnley can. It was. I think Burnley they conceded a few big chances, um, and Southampton were pretty poor against Everton. It's the home the home form I think might be a big narrative this year, especially to start with, with fans just getting back into stadiums. So I think I'm probably gonna go with Salah and just keep an eye on home results and just see how much of an impact it it looks like it's having to start with. Yeah, I totally agree. It's not it's not the time to start 
all of a sudden going against what everyone said in preseason, which was, you know, Salah captain game week one and two, definitely. Even yeah. even if Fernandez decided to score another hat trick, I'd still say that the decision making was sound. They're um, both good picks. They're both good picks. And you can't be annoyed if you go with the wrong one because they're both good options. And yeah. you, like you say, the decision making and the rationale behind it is is perfect. Yeah, so sound. yeah, you can't be you can't go wrong with them. Right. Yes, you do. Uh, I, would, I would expect, I mean, if you're going for safety as well, I'd expect Salah to have higher captaincy yeah. this week. I mean, all the polls seems to suggest that. Um, obviously, the home advantage we already remembered. But yeah, so next up, I think it's you, Dave. Yeah, you want to do my team next? Um, whoops, keep going. Um, this is your team. I don't know where my team went. I think it just disappeared. Um, but yeah, no, I'm not doing anything. I was thinking about just biting the bullet and getting Son. And then I was also thinking about biting the bullet and getting uh, Antonio back. Because obviously Ings has got just three game weeks and Antonio seems pretty good. But then I remembered that both their ankles are pretty rubbish. And and Antonio's going to have to be playing two games a week in, soon instead of instead of just one. So yeah, again, I'm, I'm not going to be doing anything. I'll be captain in Salah. Very boring, very lovely. Um, but I have an eye on, on a, on a double transfer for, for Son. Definitely. Almost, for, almost for, for certain. For <laughs> next week, you mean? For next week. Yeah. After I get my, my two free transfers. Yeah. I think a lot of people are going to be, going to be waiting you know and what? I'm it quite might, jealous really. It might be Shaw that goes, you know, I, you've got Gundogan, so it's easier for you to get downgrade. I could downgrade Barnes if I really wanted to, but I feel like he's going to, um, someone in the chat said, oh, Dave got banned from FPL and that's why his team's not showing up. <laughs> well, I'd be raging, but luckily it was a, it's, a, it's just a screenshot, so we're all good. Um, yeah, once I get a double, I could downgrade Barnes, but I feel like he's got a little bit more in him. Whereas Shaw, I didn't want to start with Shaw anyway. I really didn't. And uh, he's the only pain point in my in my team from like a personal was having fun point of view. I was surprised you didn't want to start with Shaw. I know, but I, he wasn't in my team... Uh, when I first made it, you know how you always make a little team uh, yeah. just before you look at who owns everyone in Twitter. You just kind of go on an instinct thing, and Shaw just wasn't there for a long time. And then, you know, more people joined, and he went over fifty percent. And I was like, oh, I have to play safe, and that's really annoying. Um, he was your, he was your Bruno. Yeah, your he was my Bruno. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, and look at him, one point already. He's already on the board. Yeah, that's, that's so reactionary to say that because no, I know. Eiling scored. That's why I laughed. <laughs> that's why I laughed. No, I, I I don't know who's going to be going yet, but yeah, Son Son's going to be he's going to be right there, man. What about you? Well, unlike you two boring people, I'm going to probably actually I'm not going to say I'm definitely going to make a transfer. But Do it. <laughs> if it wasn't so early in the season, I would happily bring Webster in for Gundogan. So Webster, my bench. Is I've got Webster first sub at home to Watford and then Eiling second on the bench at home to Everton. So yeah, I wouldn't actually mind playing them if needed, but I don't want to lose money on Gundogan. You know, if it, if his price starts dropping, is yeah, it so, what I would keep an eye on. Yeah, so I'm going to have to start thinking about Gundogan. Like I need to keep an eye out for what Pep says. I think it looks very unlikely this early on. I might need to speak to Alan actually. I think um, it's hilarious that you think he's owned high enough for his money to drop. <laughs> I mean, he could he could still drop. And the thing is, if he's out for a few weeks as well, he's just a, a dead spot on my team. And, you know, I don't want to be deliberately having an awful, awful bench. That's him at um, the top there. Um, I mean, there is a chance. Because if I don't do it this week, I'll have to do it next week. So what was his drop at the moment? 30% or something. I'm trying to get it on the screen there. That's quite a lot. Quite a substantial drop when we're only on Monday. 
So there, there yeah. is a good chance Gundogan drops because I think a lot of those owners might have been engaged and noticed that De Bruyne was out, and that's why they've gone for Gundogan. Um, but anyway, so I'm I'm gonna have a little think about it. I think Rafinha and Saar were the first two that jumped to mind, but Rafinha has a little bit of risk about it. Um, I mean, we basically talked about all the options, and I need to really narrow it down. It's it's only Monday. I yeah. think I'm going to do a transfer and a captain, easy peasy, Salah. I'm, I'm not keen on, I've never captained Bruno and it's a way to Southampton. And it always reminds me of that game where Man United got absolutely destroyed by Southampton and they had to change their kit at half time because they couldn't see each other. And I know that was like 20, 25 <laughs> years that. ago, but my childhood memory, I remember that game. And yeah, for that reason and not that reason alone, I'm going to, I'm captaining Salah. Um, I'm going to be very, very boring. I think at a home fixture as well, Anfield, I've seen people say his record's not that great against Burnley, but I only really use stats like that as as confirmation bias. I wouldn't not captain someone because they've got that a bad record. That's funny. So if sick. so if it was so if you were going to captain Bruno, you'd be like, oh, Salah doesn't really score against Bur- uh, Burnley, <laughs> and then that would, and we're in the early you would tweet that. As well. Never <laughs> never back the early kickoff as well. If you're looking if you're looking for stats and confirmation bias, we're the we're the early kickoff this you week. You know how I avoid that though. I actually. I set my captain without looking at next week's fixture times. It can become quite hard when doing a podcast, but I, I so I knew I was going to captain Salah before I realised it was the early kickoff. So that's not yeah. biasing me at all, and it it just makes Saturday morning a bit more fun. That's interesting. It's one of the things that I think you have to be like a long term football fan to to because I know that you guys probably and and loads of people that I know who go to see the football games will always know what time all the games are starting. It's something that is just I have ne- I didn't know who was playing first during the week well, well, like, Reading I, I never play at know three or generally play at three so it actually it also means i can watch the liverpool game yeah that's true see you know but like it's just something that i've i've never ever taken to see all this like oh don't back there like hiccup like nonsense it's nonsense it's total nonsense no, Gan- gandhi said it me oh gandhi. did he oh well then yeah well gandhi gandhi's a fraud as well it just doesn't. Oh, it just doesn't make sense. I just don't get it. I just. I, I never know understand. with Dave what he's going to say. So actually, <laughs> the list of things Dave could have said, at least he's fraud. That's, that's not fine. Bad. That's fine. <laughs> I'm going to get like banned, banned, banned. But yeah. So so we're Salah captains all round. Yeah. Boring, boring as always. Um, and Gandhi's a fraud. And and that I'm not going to say it. Um, so <laughs> feedback. We got some great feedback from Nick. Um, so Triggerlips is known as, and I thought this feedback was amazing because Nick can be a little bit grumpy um, with some of his podcasts. Um, so yeah. we do appreciate it, Nick. Um, Nick said, "Best pure podcast I've listened to this off season." Lovely. So thank you. I think that was mainly because of because of Stefan, but we will take it. Thank you. Called <laughs> thank it you, off Nick. season too. That, mean, that means he likes basketball. I'm sure, right? It's preseason, but he said called it off season unless he's been listening to a lot of. Uh, yeah, I think he lives in New Zealand, Jay so maybe. Cole. I don't know what they call it down there. Oh yeah, rugby town. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Um, as usual, we've been using loads of hub stuff. We've been talking about it loads. You can sign up. There's a link in the description. It'd be awesome if you did that. Um, and again, go and just subscribe if you haven't. There's been all over 50 people in this stream for the majority of the time, which is our highest. Like we're we're still kind of building up, and it's small numbers for now. But 50 is our was we hit we hadn't hit that before and now we did today so thank you everyone for 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 tuning in it's been awesome I've been really enjoying reading the chat while Richard has been talking right so it's been good <laughs> yeah I don't like this Richard thing I think we're gonna have to make <laughs> to be honest I knew with yeah. Rich what Rich's name was but I might in future with any guests I'm gonna check what their name is and maybe get them to change it if their real yeah. name's not known I was gonna say you won't invite me on again yeah, I know I was gonna say you booked <laughs> it's, been a, it's been a good run you it's booked been a good Rich run. a Rich for game week one <laughs> you thought I was gonna not call you Richard I you thought... know if 
if Rich's Twitter name changes, it's because he wants to come on the podcast. You'll start seeing Mitch F FPL. <laughs> no, but metric team. <laughs> we are going to have to get you back on though, Rich, because we're going to have to see how that uh, the metric the matrix. What did we call it? Sorry, you said it was so boring that you didn't know another name. What was it? It's, current, it's currently the using FPL points as a metric team. <laughs> and if anyone's got any ideas about what to call it, I'll have to a wee thing. Sexier, let me know. I right. put in the chat. I mean, we could rebrand it. it. No wonder I couldn't remember it. Um, <laughs> using points matrix or whatever. Uh, we got to get you back on so we can figure out how that went and uh, if we can use it to our uh, our advantage. That'd be great. Um, but good. thank you for coming on, man. Is there anything else you want to plug before we get going? Um, no, just yeah, just drop me a follow um, at richp underscore fpl on Twitter. Um, yeah, if you yeah read my stuff on the hub if you like it. Um, if you don't like it, tell me why, and then we can have a, an adult conversation about why that is <laughs> on the internet. Rather than, just telling, rather than just telling me it's rubbish and not replying. That's really nice. Um, and yeah, but yeah, yeah, um, you can find me on Twitter. DMs are open and all that. So yeah. Perfect. Yeah, no, thank you so much for coming on, Rich. Um, it was worth using a different name for an episode. Like, I, I genuinely enjoyed this. <laughs> genuinely enjoyed it. And yeah, uh, thanks, mate. It's been good. Thanks for having me. Perfect. All right. Just one last thing to say then, Rich. Up the pod. You're Up not Rich. Up the pod. Oh, okay. There we go. Up the pod, guys. See you in a bit. <laughs> Bye. I became Rich again after. <laughs>